Hello and welcome to Beer and Money, a financial fireside chat for professionals. We work to simplify your finances so you can enjoy your life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins. Hello everybody, welcome back to Beer and Money. I'm your host, Ryan Burklow. With me, Mr. Alex Collins, my co-host. Welcome to the show, Alex. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> good, to see, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, I'm down down here in Texas, uh, melting. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure I would be too if I were down there. I, I don't do well in the heat. <laughs> for those of you who are for those of you who are new, uh, welcome to the show. This this show is all about how to look at your money um, in a, a different perception uh, and how to really have different conversations uh, about your money. Um, the reason we call it a beer and money is we want you to have an open conversation, even sit back and relax and actually open up a beer if you want um, while listening to this. Don't do it while you're driving, please. Um, but uh, we, we want to untaboo money, if you will, and we want you to look at your money differently. That's the point of this conversation, uh, this, this podcast episode and this conversation. We've been talking about, Alex, college plans, right? Like we have a lot of questions from our clients and, and other people that reach out to us of what's the best way to save or fund their kids' education. And the last two episodes, we've been talking about what are the different funding mechanisms, uh, as well as what you should even be preparing for prior to your kids' education, even though that sounds taboo in and of itself, especially here in America. There are things we need to take care of prior to funding our kids' education, because if those things aren't taken care of, your kids' education may not, may not even occur to begin with. Yeah, this is one of the questions that we get asked uh, the most frequently because there because there is a whole bunch of different ways to fund it, um, and because you know people are it's it's interesting in that, uh, that there's kind of this this one methodology. Uh, five to nine plans that, that have kind of taken over the market. And a lot of people ask questions like, hey, is that what I should be doing? Well, is that the best way of doing this? Um, and, you know, they're almost questioning it because it is kind of the only way that, that people are taught to save for college. Yeah. And so today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to use your money for multi-use dollars or multi-uses rather than maybe opening up an account and using that one account for a single use, in this case, your kid's education. And we'll just put a caveat out there from the get-go. Like we're not, this isn't a, an episode of saying 529 plans are bad or putting all your money in a Roth IRA is bad. Like this isn't an, an episode saying that those accounts are bad. This is just an episode to say, hey, how do we look at our money? How can we use it? The mo as efficiently as we possibly can, rather than only having the dollars work for one purpose. A absolutely, um, you know, it, you'll uh, you'll you'll laugh and you kind of know what's coming. It, it really depends upon your situation and circumstance as far as what you should do and how you should go about doing it. So, um, sit down and, and you know make sure that you understand the ins and outs and pros and cons of all the different methodologies and and figure out which one fits your situation the best. It's, it's not going to be the same answer for everybody. I can tell you that. So Alex, let's, we're going to go through two examples actually today around um, some, some clients actually that we've had and, and different 
work and strategies that they've employed um, to give you a little bit more of an insight into, oh, okay, that's how this person used it. And hopefully you can take some of the uses and some of the strategies that we're about to share with you and kind of look at your own picture and say, okay, how can I look at my money to best use it for everything that I need to use it for, including my child's education? So yeah, Alex, so why, don't you, why don't you jump into this here for us? Yeah. So the first, the first client, uh, they've got uh, a couple different kids and their, their kids are, have reached college age. So we're actually implementing some of the, some of the plans that were put in place. Uh, when I originally met them, they'd already done some college planning. Um, and what they'd done was they'd, uh, they'd started a 529 plan here in the state of Washington called GET. It's a prepaid tuition program. And they had, uh, they'd set it up so, uh, so that one of their child's uh, tuition expenses would be completely paid for for four years. Um, and so they were doing that. And, and we talked to them about like, okay, well, that may not be the first place that we go to put money because of all of the things that you just mentioned, uh, making sure that your income's protected, making sure that, uh, um, you know, we, we can fund one of retirement and college with debt. Uh, it, hint, it's, it's not retirement. Um, it's not saying it's the best mechanism for doing it. It's just possible to do that. Um, and so we talked to him about uh, flexibility and having the ability to use the dollars for, for multiple different places. Um, and so we wound up settling on setting some dollars aside into uh, a Roth IRA. Uh, this client wasn't maxing out that vehicle, had the ability to put more dollars into it. Um, and so they chose to put that in there for, for their, uh, their, their next child. And uh, uh, fast forward you know, about 10 to 15 years, and uh, their oldest is in school. Uh, they've been able to pay for the first two years, or first year rather, uh, of schooling without touching the, the 529 plan, the GET program. Um, they've been paying for it a little bit out of pocket and, and a lot with scholarships, um, which is awesome. Um, they're, they're going to be able to, to pay for, uh, for their child's tuition with the GET program that they expect at this point that there's going to be some dollars left over. And those dollars are then going to get essentially transferred to the next child. Um, so one of the, the advantages of a 529 plan is you have the ability to change the beneficiary um, from you know the oldest to the, the youngest or, or anybody who's directly in the family. Um, and so there's some advantages in, in that type of structure. Um, and what we're what we're hoping is that this will wind up being something where the the dollars that were set aside into the the Roth wind up being able to be used for retirement instead of being used for college. Again, they're still paying for their child their, for their children's college, uh, but they're doing so in a different manner. They always knew that they were going to get help from uh, the grandparents, but they didn't know exactly how much, and they didn't know when, and they didn't know in what form, um, and, and that has just recently become clear. Um, and a good portion of the of college is going to get uh, paid for through this through the generous donation of of a grandparent. Um, education was something that uh, that had changed the the grandparents' life, um, and so that was something that they really cared about setting up for the family was being able to make sure that education was continued on. So this is just a good example of, we may go into college planning thinking that maybe the grandparents will pay 
some piece of the kids' education, or maybe we have zero understanding of what they're going to pay, and we may not be, you know, maybe we're don't want to ask our parents if they plan on because we don't put them in you know kind of you know when we don't want to like awkward make a situation yeah an awkward situation and so imagine ha had the client just put all of their money into a get program and then that money doesn't get passed to the second child or the second child uses some of the money but there's still a lot of money left over now there's money sitting there that if you're going to tap into and move around taxes penalties, all of that stuff that, that could occur. And so that flexibility in the planning, we've said this, I don't know how many times, is <laughs> ultra important. And again, using your money for multi-uses or having the flexibility for the access to that money can be huge. Oh, 100%. And it, it's something where, like, I've seen situations where You've got a grandparent who is trying to decide how to fund uh, kids' college across all of the grand grandchildren, not just one family. And so now, if that one family has, you know, done a really good job of planning, because of the way in which the the trusts were set up or the the gifting was done, now the the parents who didn't plan get more money than the parents who did plan. Um, and so that's that's not necessarily what we're looking for. Uh, we want much more in the way of flexibility um, to, to be able to help out. Um, and now when we try and pull dollars from like a GET program or another 529 plan for non-college expenses, it, it can get ugly in a hurry from a taxation standpoint, from a fee standpoint, that there's just a whole bunch of not good that occurs. Um, and so having more flexibility is, is better. The, uh, the second example that we're going to go through um, is a client who, uh, again, they had two children. Um, what they chose to do was they chose to uh, purchase real estate. Um, and so this paid for not their tuition, but it paid for room and board. Um, and uh, by, by doing it this way, it wasn't just dollars that were going out the door never to return. They'd put you know, a relatively small down payment on on the, the, the place that they bought, and they wound up keeping the, the uh, rental long after the, their two kids had graduated. And so now it turned into an income stream for the parents. Um, and you know, relatively recently, the, the parents chose to, to sell the, the rental, and they recouped a really good chunk of the cost um, that they'd occurred over years and they'd had some really nice tax benefits throughout the years. They'd had some nice cash flow throughout the years. Uh, it did come with some headaches of managing a rental property um, in not their hometown. But uh, at the same time, you know, for them, it was worth it. And one of the reasons why they were chosen, they chose to, to get rid of that rental property when they did was because uh, the, the headaches were, were getting too much um, at a time when they wanted to relax and retire and, and not have to worry about uh, managing a rental property. Yeah, the, the cost of kids' education, you know, I think oftentimes we look at it from, you know, I'll just make up, you know, tuitions, right? So let's just say it's 40 grand a year. So 40 times, you know, if you're me, you wanted to stay there as long as you possibly can. So I made it a five-year period. Um, but let's just say it's four years because your child is much smarter than I am. And right, we're we're at one hundred sixty thousand dollars. 
it didn't just cost you $160,000. It cost you $160,000 plus what you could have gained with that money had you not had to give it to the, the your child's uh, university that they're going to. And that's not, mm-hmm. to, you know, please don't take this as like, well, it's a great investment for my kid's education. Like, I'm not trying to say that your child's education is an important investment. What I'm saying is you can do both sometimes. Right. And, you know, this is leveraging an asset to help fund, in this case, room and board. And then you even got some of your money back. That's kind of a win. Not even kind of, actually. I'm going to rephrase that. That's an awesome win considering they have that type of flexibility and even the option to do so. Mm-hmm. In that particular situation, they, they actually got all of their money back and then some. Um, now, it, like had they chose not to spend money on their kids' education, um, they probably would have had more. So they lost out a little bit on the time value of money. Sure. But they lost out a lot less by structuring it that way um, where they, they received money in the future as opposed to it just all going out the door and not coming back at all. So, you know, these are just two simple strategies where we help the clients look at the entire picture in terms of how to utilize their cash flow and their, their current assets as well as liabilities, right? There's other strategies you can utilize in terms of maybe taking on some, some debt and then funding it differently. There, there, there's different ways to look at funding for college in an efficient manner. It doesn't all have to go into one specific account set aside only for my child's education because it's gonna cost you more than just the kid's education. It's gonna cost you more than just $160,000. Absolutely. In fact, there's uh, there's one one way that we know to, to plan for college where you can essentially have the child pay for their own uh, their own cost of college with their own inheritance 60 years down the road. Uh, it's way too complex to try and walk through in this podcast. Um, so if you have questions or if that's of interest, by all means, reach out to Ryan and myself and let's have a conversation. We can walk you through the math behind it. We can walk you through um, how to how to actually go about doing it. Um, you know, it does depend upon a couple of circumstances and situations, so it's not necessarily going to going to work for everybody. Uh, but it, it's a phenomenal way of, of paying for education. Um, again, it all depends on situation and circumstances. Yeah, so we know that this is a shorter episode, but we kind of teased you in the last episode around like different strategies. So we wanted to give you some real world strategies that some of our clients have used for the purpose of you looking at your finances holistically and say, how can I best use my money as efficiently as possible? rather than maybe just having different accounts siloed for specific purposes. So we hope this episode was valuable for you. Um, Make sure you head to beerandmoney.net. And at the bottom of that page, you can engage with us with uh, either asking us a question um, that maybe you want us to to answer here on the, the podcast, or if you want to reach out to us because you've got questions in your own personal situation, um, you can feel free to reach out to us that way. And then lastly, you can reach out to us and the answer of our question of the day, Alex. Sure. The question of the day is, is which one of, which, which of these methodologies that we've talked about are you looking at potentially employing for, for your situation? So make sure you check it out, beerandmoney.net. If you're, you know, if you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify um, and, and you're getting any value out of this, please give us a rating. 
and then also share it with any of your friends, um, especially if, if, if you've got ch children, if I could speak, I'm sure you've got friends that also have kids because we tend to hang out with other people with kids. They might be having the same kind of questions you are. So share that. And uh, as always, we hope this, this episode is valuable for you. And Mr. Collins. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and it's not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or quantified financial partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian Boulevard, Claremont, California 91719. 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a fully owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2020-107-525, expiration August 2022.